So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, happy Halloween or happy day after Halloween. Today is our special Real Estate Rockstars podcast where we go through and we give you a few minutes of all the podcasts that we aired during the month of October so that you can hear the highlights and see which ones that you want to go back to and either listen to again or listen to for the first time. In the next 30 minutes, you're going to get some jam-packed, actionable real estate tips. And again, you're going to be able to figure out if there's any of our people that you need to go back and hear the rest of the show. First up, here's a few minutes from episode 995, Systems for Scaling with real estate agent, Mark McGuire. Here you go. What do you think the best way for somebody to get a new client right now is? Like on, on the buyer side, on the seller side, best way to get deals? What's the deal flow that your team is using? Yeah. So right now, I mean, we are very heavy in relationships. I mean, I think the the best way to, to find and a, a piece of business is to go to the people who know you, like you, and trust you. And that's, you know, tried and true, you know, cliche sphere, repeat referral type clients. But we're super, super heavy there. And we're super intentional about working that angle and, and working that pool of people to then get those people to help, you know, bird dog for us. So getting the people who are, you know, can speak to our character, can speak to our work ethic, and can speak to, our knowledge base and would trust us that like, Hey, look, they might have all the answers, but they'll get the answer and they will do the right thing even when it's hard. So we really lean hard right now on our, on our spheres, our spheres, spheres to try to, you know, go the next level, another level deeper. And then if we can go at one more level beyond that. So just working that initial core group of, you know, people who would advocate and go to go to absolute war for you, utilizing them to go, a step deeper and then seeing what connections that they have and then going another step deeper if we can. Mark, so the so now what's next for the goal list for your team? Yeah. So for our team, we've really been working super hard on, on our systems and processes. Um, when we hired the last time, I added too many people and it really exposed our foundation. And it really showed that our communication systems were inefficient. It, it exposed that too much of the business revolved around me kind of trying to keep all the plates spinning. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I simply didn't do a good enough job of communicating expectations and setting up the systems to facilitate success amongst all the, you know, the, the possible sticking points when it gets handed off. So um, we're really drilling down on our systems, making sure that we're in our CRM every day that we're consistently hitting our follow-ups and our to-dos and our touch points. And from there, it's go vertical and, and scale. Yeah. What's your favorite CRM? We're using follow-up boss. Cool. They're actually a new sponsor. The, it might be, it might come live right on this podcast here, but follow-up boss is a new, new sponsor of ours uh, that came on. And I'm, I'm pumped about having them on here as one of the sponsors of the podcast. Cause so many people do say that answer. You know, so many people are excited about that. So maybe listeners right now, you maybe you've already heard my ad, but it's a real deal. The Mark is one of the guys using it. I promise that wasn't staged. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Up gives you the most integrations 
mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. So I'm, I'm saying that purely objectively, I don't have an ounce of, I don't have a one horse in the race with follow-up boss, but I spent a ton of time analyzing possibilities and trying to boil it all down to what makes the most sense. And that's what seemed to integrate the best with us. So just quick plug for them there, just on an objectivity basis, purely objective follow-up boss has been the best one that we've found as of late. Yeah. But once again, the best CRM is whatever one you use. So just use your CRM. Use one. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Like use one, find one, the, and if you have one that works, stick with it. Yep. All right. And that was a few minutes of episode 995, Systems for Scaling to 80 plus real estate deals per year with Mark McGuire. Next up, one of our real estate rock stars classics from rookie to rock star in the land down under with Rosemary Ariccio. Here's a few minutes of that one. So here you are, Rosemary. You start at 15 years old. I guess now you're 31 years old, which to a lot of people is still very young. And, and you've taken the world or say the Adelaide market by storm, dealing with 300, close to 300 buyers and sellers a year, if you count both sides. And what gave you the drive to be such a busy person, to be such a successful realtor at such a young age? I think it probably came back down to childhood, being in the hospitality industry and looking at my uh, father and parents working very hard to, you know, basically support a family. I never forget my father turned around to me one day, and I, I must have been quite young, and he said to me, Rosemary, if you want to succeed in life, you have to work hard. If you're prepared to work hard, you would do well. And those words always stuck to me and it's never been the easy way out. You can't make money overnight quickly. You've got to put the hard work in. And if you do, then typically you'll see the the return. I love it. I love it. Everybody wants a a free lunch uh, nowadays and that is... That is sage advice from your dad, so great for him. What would you do, knowing what you know now after 16 years of experience, to sell as many houses as you could that first year? Just book appointments and go and see people face-to-face. Meet as many people as I can and find out whether I can help them. Would you just go out walking around shaking people's hands and giving them business cards or how would you, how would you reach out to them? I would find out where the people are. Is it for community charity events? Is there a central shopping mall? Is there sports, sports, um, activities that have been conducted? Find out where the people are. Hand out your business card and try to, you know, make appointments and say to them, look, you know, at this point, is there anything that I can help you with with regards to your real estate needs? The more people that you meet, then the more opportunities you'll find that you'll potentially will, will be there for you. Right. The more people you meet, the more cards you hand out, the more people you ask if you could be their realtor or if they need a realtor, the more appointments you'll get, the more appointments you'll get, the more listings and the more buyers you'll get and the more sales you'll get and the more settlements you'll get. It's just as simple as that, isn't it? It's just, it's a numbers game. All right. If you like that one, be sure to go back and listen to our Real Estate Rockstars Classic from Rookie to Rockstar in the land down under. Next up, here's one of our, a few minutes from our first GoBundant special. This was Redneck Resilience with James Webb. This is a fantastic podcast. This was shot live at a GoBundance event and I was able to share it with all of you listeners. But here's a few minutes of that one. So in 2011, Marshall was finishing up the building of, of our dream home in Frisco, Texas. We stayed at the Peninsula Hotel, having a little cocktail and she leaned into me and said, I think I have upper respiratory infection and my stomach hurts a little bit. Can we stop at the doctor when we get home? I said, sure. 
So we went to the local urgent care clinic. She had a standard workup, she had a sonogram, and she had a CT scan. Having a life of an x-ray tech, I asked to see the CT scan, and I immediately noted three large masses in her liver, one in her mid-abdominal region, a few other smaller ones. 10 o'clock the next morning, long call, confirmed diagnosis, stage four pancreatic cancer. No signs, no symptoms, and no chance to live. Where Marcia went through all manner of treatment, and none of it to any success. On May 28th of 2012, the doctors dismissed her from the practice, told her to go home, get her affairs in order. Private conversation with me, they estimated she had about 30 days to live. We're making a very sad drive back from Houston to Dallas. About halfway through, I get a very sharp pain in my back, felt like a knife. I self-diagnosed myself with a kidney stone, and I just thought, Jesus Christ, not today. So I took some of her pain medicine, somehow got her home. At this point, she was a little disabled, a little cognitive impaired. Got her to bed, checked on my boys, went to the local Baylor hospital, had a CT scan, a workup. Once again, I asked to see the CT scan, and I didn't have a kidney stone. I had the tumor the size of a baseball, and a few days later, confirmed diagnosis of stage three renal cancer on the same day. I went home, set my driveway, had quite a few conversations with God. Why me? Why Marcia? Why now that we've achieved our financial dreams? To this day, I don't have those answered. The next morning I went home, or the next morning I got up, arranged hospice care for her, started looking for help for myself, met with a group of doctors a few days later. They suggested chemotherapy and possibly radiation to shrink the tumor. They thought they could get the tumor and possibly save the kidney. I thought about her, thought about my boys, and I said, I don't have time gut me. So in the hospital a week and a half later, they cut me open. They took my right kidney, a tumor, a little bit of a few other things, sewed me up, and I walked out of the hospital in 19 hours to go home to take care of her. She made it six more days, passed away with the boys holding her hands and me whispering in her ear. At a funeral in Dallas, flew to Chicago, funeral in Barrow in Chicago. I sent the boys off to summer camp, which is what she had wished. They always went to summer camp. I went back to Mississippi to try to get myself together. I think I weighed about 150 pounds at that point. And I uh, can remember standing on our little family lake trying to find the silver lining in this, and I kind of decided that the silver lining would be philanthropy. We also established a scholarship for all her, Marcia's nieces and nephews and children of our best friends. We did a scholarship for the synagogue, a preschool, we built a student our youth lounge, I to say, in the synagogue in her honor. Picture still hangs there to this day. We built a kitchen at the summer camp in her honor. Picture hangs there to this day. And we started the endowment fund for communities and schools, and we put a half a million dollars to work there in her honor. And uh, I went back to work, back to rebuilding my life. I knew that the dating scene was going to be tough. I knew that the bar scene was not for me with two little boys. I knew that a guy living three blocks from Jerry Jones' world in a big house with a wallet was probably a person susceptible to drama, so I went on to Match.com. <laughs> Filled out my profile, lied just a little bit, and said I was an x-ray tech. Uh, my first first date in 20 years and the last first date for the rest of my life. In my darkest hour, God sent me an angel. He sent me Catherine Lynn O'Keefe, and she's sitting right back there. Love you, dear. <laughs> 
Uh, one of the things they didn't teach me at Jones County was about relationships. And I'm just going to read this, you know, if you don't take anything away from this, your financial future will be formed, shaped, built, and defined by the relationships you listen to people, invest in people, hold yourself accountable to people. It makes all the difference in the world. Number two, work harder than anybody else. When you're ready to go home, send out two more emails. When your people are ready to go home, send them home and stay. Work harder than anybody else. Number three, big philosophy of mine, hope for the upside, but plan for the downside. Doesn't mean we're not all optimistic, but have your contingency plans in place. Invest in infrastructure. Don't be so quick to take chips off the table. Bring in the CFO, bring in the chief operating officer, bring in the brand manager, invest in your infrastructure, and look for the bigger picture exit. And finally, speaking of exit, A, B, C, D, E, exit. You're starting a company, you have a company, we're always focused on A, B, and C, getting it rolling, getting it going. I now think about E before I even open the company. What is my exit strategy? How am I going to structure the company for that exit strategy? On a personal note, you know, what happened to me could certainly be side is tragic, but what I want you to take from it is really just the resilient part of it. We're all going to have tragedy in our lives. We're all going to get knocked down. The secret is to get back up and find the right path. And finally, and Chris, I'm going to leave you with this thought. This is something that I learned a lot. Today, and if only for today, leave this conference and go home and kiss your wife just a little bit longer. Hug your kids just a little bit harder. Tell your friends that you love them and help a stranger on the street without expecting anything in return. Because I will make you this final promise. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. I sure didn't. God bless, guys. Wow. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their, pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I wanna sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for 220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. All right, if you liked that few minutes, I guarantee you, you will love the rest of that podcast. You'll want to go back and listen to the GoBundant special, Redneck Resilience with James Webb. Next up, here's a few minutes for State of the Market 83. I got to talk with Matt Chick and Jeremy Fust again 
they were on here last month and everybody had so much fun with the way that we chatted. I wanted them to come on and talk about the news with me. We talked about real estate. We talked about Zillow. We talked about agent offers. We talked about technology. So much good stuff. Here's a few minutes from that one. Six months ago, maybe you just had offers the day something came out. And even if you were mispriced, you'd have an offer that was 10 grand under or something. And so you would, it would sell. Essentially, you could have a fixer that needed work six months ago and people would just price it in and they'd go, okay, let's buy it. This is all we got. Yeah. And now we're finding people that are like, well, maybe if you fix it up first, I'm not in the, I'm not in the mood. So I, so I've been surprised feeling, have you guys felt it out there? Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. It's like what you said, six months ago, you could literally list a piece of shit for 50 grand overpriced and you still receive offers, right? right. And probably multiple offers no, with that's... escalation clauses, with appraisal gaps, with everything that you could think of getting rid of all terms, just they want a house, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you have to actually price it right. If you overprice a house or a house isn't in decent condition and it's even 10 grand overpriced, you're not going to feel the traffic on it for sure. Like six months ago was bananas. Right now, you actually have to be strategic and smart and you have to actually set expectations for your seller. Because it comes down to three things when you sell homes, right? Price, condition, location. If your price matches condition and location, you're always going to sell. Personally, that's what, I, that's what we believe. Right now, if your condition and your location is uh, off from what your price should be, then I think you're going to sit on the market and you're going to have to start doing some price adjustments. So what I would tell everybody is, hey, just make sure, hey, especially in the investment space, make sure you're still buying right off of close, close sales in the area and don't base any, any purchase off of appreciation. But it is interesting to see stuff sit on market. But we also like, I don't no, no, you were you've been flipping a long time, right? Yep. So it, you know the day of selling. You know the cool thing about selling a house in a day is it's done in a day, and you got thirty days, and then you're out of the thing on a traditional sale. But typically, we plan for a thirty day sales cycle and then thirty days to close. So we plan on sixty day sales cycle once the project is completed when we look at bar- our borrowed money, right? So I just think you just have to be super purposeful and super intelligent with the way you're buying, especially in the investment space and coaching your clients. Like the whole day of saying, "Hey, I'm going to sell your house tomorrow," and you were going to go over all nine hundred. 99 offers on Monday. Uh, I, I don't think you'd be, I don't think you could set your client up that way anymore. I think you have to be, hey, it could take us two, three, four weeks to get a legitimate offer on your property. I think we got lazy too. So like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. like nine months, it's like two years ago, we had a process. We're reviewing all of the showing. We're calling every agent right after. What did you think of the showing? Any room for improvement before they even got to the next house? Like, oh yeah, we can paint it that color. If they want it, like it was just being proactive. And then, and then nine months ago, we didn't have to do anything. So we did no follow-up. And then it's like, I've having to retrain my team this week to say, no, when we sell a house, there's actually stuff we can do better to sell that house. There's actually follow-up. I think one of the most important things right now with, I don't want to say a declining market. I mean, technically it is, but it's still a very hot market, right? But is sellers are greedy. Sellers have heard their friends sell for a hundred thousand dollars over ask for the last four or five months. And now they decide they want to list and they want $100,000 over what they think their home is worth. And so setting those expectations with, hey, like we might have to do some stuff to sell this thing, right? We're not in the same market we were six months ago. And so you're having these sellers who were not getting listings because they're like, oh, this other agent said I could get $50,000 more if you know, we get into a bidding war over the weekend or something along those lines. But you have a lot of greedy sellers right now who want a lot of freaking money for their home when it's not worth that amount, like it was six months ago. Yeah. It's, you know, one of the things that I think for you know, all of our agents listening out there is get the stats for your market. Mm-hmm. So much of the articles that get pushed out to agents are 
especially iBuyers are going to re replace us. Zillow has said, hey, we're going to do you know, for sale by owner, but have it work where people are going to get the same price, but they're not going to have to pay a commission. And this, this person is saying, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, people will always do better. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I don't think you can take the human, the human spirit out of a real estate, real estate transaction. And for a lot of different reasons, right? There's a lot of, like, you know how many offers that we get accepted because of our clients and who they are, not because it's the highest and best offer, but it's because they're a nurse in the local hospital or a teacher in the neighborhood school or whatever it may be. They, we get homes because of the emotional touch of real estate. And so when Zillow or all these people kind of preach this, this propaganda of how uh, iBuyers are going to take over real estate, there's a disconnect because they're using analogies like Carvana or they're using analogies like uh, um, a travel agent or something along those lines where the, purchase, the, the price tag is significantly less and the emotional pull is significantly less. So one, we're dealing with the, the number one investment of most clients' lives, right? And then we're dealing with someone where, where they've created their memories with their family and there's an emotional bond with their home. Right. And so a bot, like you said, can will never be able to replace it. I think bots, I think Zillow could make a play on creating more market share and then making um, the salary real estate agent a more common thing. Right. I could see that happening. I don't think it'll take over the market, but I could see it trending, you know, five, 10 years from now for sure. But it'll never replace what we do for a living. Like, I mean, that's, I, I think it's crazy. I, I 100% agree, but I have a different little, a little different take on it. I think that uh, it'll be hard to replace the agent, but it's not hard for the agent to be relevant. Um, I think it's up to the agent to, to, to make sure that they're in front of the people that they need to be in front of on a daily, weekly basis to ensure that they protect themselves from being obsolete. You know, scarcity is our biggest problem with any sales career. So how many people don't know that you're an agent, right? So it I goes right back to working your database, working your sphere, making sure you're relevant with your people, making sure you're going to the things that you're supposed to be going. So you're front of mind to the people that you, you can transact with. Because let's not... Marketing is a real thing, and people see a gimmick or a market they, they, they or marketing that resonates with them. They could potentially be persuaded or at least have a phone call with them. I had a buddy of mine. It's funny we're having this conversation. I had a good friend of mine that I've done three transactions with, and he probably referred 10 people to me in the last two years, and uh, he called me, and he goes, hey, I'm thinking about selling, but tell me about 72 sold. He goes, is, is what they do is real. And I had to be able to speak at a, a high level with the dude that I've transacted with multiple times and say, hey, this is how 72 sold works. This is what it looks like. They do nothing different than a normal agent. They're just packaging it a little bit differently. So to get you to call. Right? Where are you at, Aaron? Yeah, I'm in Austin, Texas. Do you have 72 sold there? No. What they, is it? No. It's, a, uh, it's just a big marketing company and it's, it's called 72 sold and they guarantee that they're going to sell your house and blah, blah, blah. But it really, it's just a gimmick. Yeah. But they, they crush market share here yeah. in Arizona, right? And they have a marketing budget of a million plus a month. I mean, they do a lot of things. They own all the billboards, commercials, things of that nature. Example, so what they do is they go live on Thursday. They hold showings until an open house at 12. And all showings have to be funneled into the open house between 12 and 2. And so what it does is it creates this fiasco that you have to be inside that open house between those hours because that's the only time you can see it. Right, So they guarantee to the seller that they're not going to have random showings. They're going to control the showings. You get to pick your close date, all these certain things. But really, they just sell a program like any of us could do, and they market it at a very, very high level. But back to my point, my point was Sorry. that I yeah. got the phone call because yeah. I resonated with the guy. 
because we're close. We talk to him. I touch him once. I touch him. I call him once a quarter. You know, I'm constantly on him. I was out in the neighborhood showing houses. I dropped by his house, knocked on the door, said, what's up? You know, so it's, it's having that human connection that I think is what works. So I don't think that we will be replaced if we don't do the job the correct way. I don't think it's just going to come to you because we're humans. The question is, what are you doing on a daily basis to be in front of the people you need to be in front of to make sure that scarcity isn't your biggest problem? When we talk about an agent going from one deal a month to three deals a month to five deals a month, it's all about how many people know that you're an agent. I don't think, I think it's the same exact conversation with, uh, are we going to be replaced? We'll only be replaced if we allow it. And if we don't allow it, what are the activities you need to do on a daily basis to make sure you're not replaced? Because it's not just other companies replacing you, it's other agents that are replacing you. Most people transact with the agent that's closest to them in their life at that certain time. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Mujistegi, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. All right, if you liked that one, remember that was State of the Market 83 with Matt Chick and Jeremy Fuse. Go listen to the rest of it. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 996. This was about the miracle morning for parents and families with Mike McCarthy. So with Mike, we talked so much about real estate. He's you know, the regional owner of a ton of Keller Williams offices, and he got to talk about growth. He got to talk about actionable strategies of what happened kind of after COVID and how they recovered and how you can be the best agent you can be now at the same time he got to talk about releasing his new book the miracle morning for parents and families that he co-released with hal elrod but here's a few minutes of that episode so right now we're in this you know cranking market the market's pretty awesome 
but it is competition is tough. So like the, the, the people that are doing great are doing even better. The people that are struggling when you have tens of thousands of agents, you have agents on every end of the spectrum. What are you telling your agents to do right now? What guidance are you giving them to succeed right now? I mean, I think it's that they've got to be willing to change. You know, that's the number one thing is they have to learn new skills, new ways of doing business. They've got to get enabled by technology. And I think, you know, now more than ever, they need to be still just just like I shared at the end of 2020, they still have to have the right team around them. And whether they're an individual agent or they have a team, they need that community that is supporting them. And I think, you know, the, the biggest thing for agents right now is is understanding, you know, this is not this is not the market we were in two years ago. You you need a whole different set of skills and tactics. And it is starting to slow a little bit in some markets, but for a while there, you the listing agents held all the cards and we're getting offers, you know, that were hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking with you know, 30, 40 offers. And so you've got to be able to manage the market of the moment. And so we, we've taught to that and we've made sure that our training programs that are delivered mainly virtually for right now, we're able to give them the skills that they need to make as much money and serve their clients at the highest level that they can in this moment, because the game has changed so dramatically in just, you know, two years. I really love that saying, like manage the market of the moment. So your book, what's somebody going to get out of it if they're reading it? What are they, what, what, what is your big thing that you're teaching in there? And what do you, what's uh, share like a big aha or something from the book? Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned the charms, which are the, the, the practice of the miracle morning designed for the kids. And so it teaches how to create that practice as a family and, and allow your kids to really view it as playtime where they're also personally developing who they are. And so the CHARMS is an acronym that stands for creativity, health, affirmations, reading, uh, meditation, and service. And so those are six practices that our kids do every day. Uh, it doesn't always happen in the morning. They just have to do it at some point during the day because they've got to get off to school. And sometimes sleep is an important factor for, for their health and their, their brain power. So, you know, the first time we wrote the book, the first version of it, Lindsay uh, likes to say that that was more like the theory of who we should be as parents. Like, this is the theory of like, if, if we were going to be great parents, here's, here's what we would do. The second edition of the book is, okay, we've been doing this for five years now. Here's what we know works. And here's how you can actually implement these practices into your family miracle morning. The, the workbook, or as we call it, the playbook is a companion guide to the second edition of the book. And that one is um, much more focused around other rituals, traditions, and systems that you can implement with your family. And these are uh, exercises that are to be done together as a family where there isn't really a leader. Everybody gets to be a leader. Everybody's voice matters. And you sit down and you develop things like, what's our bedtime ritual? What's our morning ritual? 
what's our family values and how do we define them, live them and celebrate them? How do we uh, reward our kids for um, the things they do around the home and what does allowance look like and how do you develop a system that is designed with the whole family doing it together? Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting, and now the big rent ready mystery can be revealed. Rent ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords. It's so new. I haven't even got a chance to check it out yet. Now you can easily connect your rental properties from rent ready to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with rent ready's newest partner, REI hub. Now I've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past, and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate APIs so it can talk to our existing systems. And they're really, any software that collects payments doesn't make it very easily to do that. But now with RentReady, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your RentReady profile. You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolios, balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this and here's something even more exciting. As always with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using RentReady, you can sign up using our special code ROCKSTAR50 and get 50% off your RentReady subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using RentReady, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, it's RentReady with an I at the end, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. All right. And remember, if you liked a few minutes of that episode, I guarantee you will love the rest. Go back and listen to 996, The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families again. All right. Here we go. Last episode for October. This was episode 997. You hear that? We're almost to episode 1000. Episode 997, Why Introverts Make Great Real Estate Agents with Barry Carts. Here's a few minutes of that one. 36 years. You've been doing it for a long time. What do you wish you would have known those first few years that you know now? Oh, there's so much. I wish one of the big things is I wish I had invested more in myself and my career. I was reluctant to do that for a long time. Uh, That's one thing. Another thing is I wish I kept in better contact with my past clients in the early years. That's something, again, I got better at later on in my career. But those are a couple of the things I wish I knew from the beginning. Yeah. Those are two great, great tips, right? Like later being able to realize like uh, those, the people that you were you sold them a house. I had these a few different times where we sold someone a house and a few late, a few years later, we saw that they sold the house, but they used somebody else as an agent. Yeah. And it was like what, why wouldn't they automatically ask us? And they were like, we just thought you were too busy. Right. Or we thought that you didn't do that. Right. There were so many reasons why that would happen. And you'd go like, Oh, if I would have just kept in better touch, did you have some experiences like that? Oh, sure. I think we all do. And it hurts when you sell somebody a house and you look in the MLS and you see it's listed with somebody else. But um, I, I read uh, once that most people cannot remember the name of their realtor or even the company they work for after six months. So if you don't keep in touch with them, they're going to forget who you are. You can't just take it for granted. They're going to call you to, to sell when the time is right. Dude, that's, just, that's such a great soundbite right there. So today, today's world is different than when you started. But if there is a new agent right now, that they're, uh, you know, they're an introvert. You know, they're in their first year. They're trying to figure out how to improve their business. What advice would you give them on how to go get clients? Okay. Number one, if they 
have a sphere of influence from the city they live in, I would let them know they're in real estate, but not to try to get business from them, not that way, but let them know that if, or ask them if they know anyone else looking to buy or sell a home to please let you know that uh, you can help them. So, and I would also visit them and drop off a little gift to them, not just call them, but just drop off a little gift and say, Hey, just want you know, I'm now in real estate. If you know anyone else thinking about buying or selling a home, please let me know. So it's kind of an easy, non-threatening way to do it. And you're connecting with people that already know, like, and trust you. So that would be one, the number one thing I would recommend. Yeah. And that's an easier, it's like an easier layup, right? Like you're showing up with a gift. So everybody likes you showing up. You right. leave you extra business cards and say, Hey, just wanted to let you know I'm in real estate now. And so I know that you probably have, you know, it, friends or anything else. So if anybody tells you they're looking for an agent, please think about me and refer them. And instead of you trying to be pushy and sell them, you know, to like say, Hey, do you want to buy a house and try to be their agent? You're saying, you know, who do you have? It's a very, it's a much uh, lower pressure way to start that conversation. And what's your last word of advice you would give for anybody that's either in real estate right now or thinking about becoming a real estate agent? I would say it's a great career. As I've said, I kind of fell into it by accident, but it's been a fantastic career because you can create your own success. There's no limit to how well you can do. And you just have to be creative and work hard at it. And it's always interesting, always changing, but there's, there's no limit to how well you can do. I love getting to hear your perspective that the, what some people might think is a weakness, right? Some people may say, I'm an introvert. This is a weakness. I can't be a salesperson. And you're saying that is one of your strengths. And that's been one of the things that's helped you stand apart. Exactly. It's a strength. So no need to feel sorry for yourself or feel that you can't do it or wish you were different. You can do it just as you are and be very successful. All right, real estate rock stars. Now remember, if you liked that podcast, you should go back and listen to the rest of episode 997 with Barry Karch. And that's a wrap. That was the best of October podcast. As I tell you guys right now, I can't believe the year is almost over. I am so pumped that all of you guys listen. I am so pumped that our people come on the show and then I get so many people that reach out and say they were adding value in their lives. My favorite thing to do is get to interview agents that started listening to the podcast, became super successful and came back on to share some of those secrets. We've had several of those people on here over the last few months. And I think we're gonna be hitting it strong as we get to the end of the year. The market is challenging in some places right now. There are new challenges we're facing for the first time in 2021. And I hope when you guys are figuring out how to handle this real estate market, how to handle the conflicting real estate news out there so that's saying, are we gonna crash? Are we at a peak? Is it still going? I hope you guys come back to me so I can talk to all the real estate experts and give you the info you need to succeed as a real estate rock star. All right. Happy end of October. Happy November. We start to enter the holidays. I hope you guys crush it as real estate agents and keep coming back for more. Thanks for listening. All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. 
So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.